If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode... Nate Johnson leads the Utes over a comeback win over the Baylor Bears. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Ute Nation, and Cameron leads with that, really. And we got Scott. Hello. (laughs) Scott Scott may be a little bitter coming on tonight. (laughs) A little bitter. (laughs) Oh no, I'm I'm excited to get after this, Cam. Let's go. So Utah gets the big win over Baylor, if you want to call it a big win. Uh coming away twenty to thirteen late in that game, as I said, led by Nate Johnson. Uh you know, really an ugly game overall. Let's just start there. Not I'd Utah's say it's a big win. Game. You it's think a it's- big win when you're down with eight minutes left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what leads to a big win, but I don't. I, I guess I have mixed feelings about it because Utah was favored. Baylor's lost five in a row, coming off a loss against Texas, North State, Southwest, or whoever they were. But a win's look, a win. Cam. Look, Cam. Yes, a win's a win, and considering we, you know, we were playing. Um, with the Lowe's employee of the month at quarterback, it, uh, you know, you, you take any win you can get. No, that's Was true. it ugly? Absolutely. And we'll talk all about that ugliness. But considering the circumstances, how many guys were still down, going down to the Big 12. At 10 a.m. in the morning. Or it's 140 a.m. It's 135 degrees on the field you know what i'll take it we're still two and oh but man a lot of things have to change if uh, if utah's got to get moving here no i think a a lot of things do need to change you know i went back and watched this game and and going through it and maybe something i just didn't realize in the florida game you watched it twice i did Uh, that's how much you know that I got a big heart for, for Johnson. You know, I, I was the president of his fan club. Scott told me I was crazy. I had people tweeting at me that my takes on Johnson are as bad as my takes on beehives. So, I mean, true. I, they are I, true. I've, I've taken it on the chin this week, but clearly I, I, I know quarterbacks and I know beehives. Oh. 
<laughs> you and Coach Witt. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, seriously. So, so watching the game the second time, Utah really does not have an identity right now. And I, and I know it's injuries. I'm obviously right. They don't know what they have because so many guys are gone. And because of that, it kind of seems like they had an identity crisis this whole game, especially offensively. Didn't really know what they were doing, really banged up. But at the end of the game, they pulled it together. The, the identity of this team is the Utes of 2013, 14, 15, poor quarterback play. Great defense and great special teams. You know, we've we've gone back in time. We're we're reliving the early days of the Pac-12, and but it was it was really good to see Jaquin Jackson get going again. Nineteen carries for 130 yards, a 6.8 average. That is what we were expecting of of JJ this year, and so. That gives me a lot of confidence. Okay, the O line, the O line's coming along. JJ got bounced back after you know really didn't do much uh, through the run game against Florida. So that's a real big positive. Defense continues to play lights out. It's all just coming down. the The only thing that matters right now is quarterback play. Everything else is in place. It yeah, comes down to quarterback play. Yeah. You get rising back, it changes the entire complexion of the offensive side of the ball. Oh, 100%. Because they can't, I mean, with rising back there, they can't put, teams can't put eight and nine guys in the box to stop the run. And eventually that didn't, that wore down Baylor towards the end of that game and we were able to run. But, you know, it's, when you got, you've got the threat of rising back there, changes everything. Okay, hear hear me out. Hear me out. You guys expect to see Rising take the field against UCLA, correct? Uh, as of now, we're recording this on Monday, September 11th. That's yeah, Ken, what that, I'm, I'm asking that as of now. Well, I know. I'm just letting the listeners know when we're recording. Uh, <laughs> geez, I would I seriously swear, hope the, that's no, the plan. Hold on, the like one of the first times I have something over Scott and he just can't let it go. He's got to like <laughs> keep just nagging at me and nagging at me. What am I, What do you mean I'm, I can't let it go? I wasn't even talking about Johnson right now. It, oh, you were though. No, I, 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 yeah, I bet Rising's back UCLA. Right. I, I surely hope so. Part of me, part of me wants to see him play the first half of Weber State to get the rust off, but I don't want to risk getting him dinged up before conference play. Okay, conspiracy theory. There's a little, there's a little grumblings about uh, uh, Micah Pittman not being happy. He's not happy with his role. Maybe that's because after game one, we've tried switching him to a running back and we only give him one, uh, one, one, uh, one, uh, one target against that Baylor uh, game. He's not real happy. Uh, He's out of transfer. So there's really nothing he can do, but do you think it's possible? He may know something about rising and, ultimately wanting to uh, 
move on from his current situation. Meaning that Utah's purposely holding Cam back? Or that Cam may not be coming back. Or may not be coming back anytime soon. I sure hope that's not the case. Because if it is, we're dead in the water. Absolutely well, well, dead in I the guess water. I'm not up to speed on what's what the Pittman stuff is. Because to me, if if the doctors have cleared him for full practice, he can't be that far away from gameplay. Well, his doctor who performed the surgery ultimately is going to be the one that gives him the go-ahead to play. So until that happens, that hasn't he's not affiliated with the U. He's not on this coaching staff. It comes from an outside source. So until that happens, now could that be this week? Could that be next week? Yes, very possible. But it's it's making me a little nervous that we could be several weeks down the road before something like that happens. See, and I thought you were going to say the conspiracy is because I believe his doctor is in L.A. and may hold him back out for the <laughs> UCLA game. He's a, he's a big Trojan fan. <laughs> now, I, you know, I mean, really, the, the only thing there is to talk about is quarterback play. Because... That is that's what's holding this team back. I mean, you're averaging what 21 points a game right now. Um, I mean, yardage wise, what a little over 200 yards of offense. I mean, this just can't this can't continue. It literally cannot continue any for you to win. Your defense is great. Your special teams are pretty darn good as well. But if you can't produce more offensively, we're in big trouble. I mean, when you look at the how we won that game, Johnson Johnson did really well throwing some slant routes, and and Mikey Matthews was spectacular in that final drive or kind of a couple of drives. Uh, we can talk about that later, but you've got to be able to stretch the field. Barnes hasn't been able to do it other than the first play of the first game, and I don't think. I don't think Johnson's thrown a ball more than 10 yards down the field yet. It's it's concerning where we're at. And, I mean, I tweeted this out kind of during the game. Where we're at with Barnes, you can't fault the guy, right? He's, he's out there doing his best. The problem is you, we really shouldn't be relying on him in this situation. He should not be getting reps. Um. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the arm talent. It's, he doesn't, it, it's just not there. And, you know, we can hear about all, he knows the offense inside now. Well, great. You may know where the receivers are supposed to be, but if you can't hit them, it does not matter. And to your point, Cam, I'll, I'll fully admit last week, I kind of laughed that, you know, we needed to, we needed to turn this over to Johnson. Because I, I kind of had some confidence. I thought that Barnes was going to really take off with what he did against Florida. Man, what a step backwards for him. Uh, my question about Nate is, can Nate duplicate what he did in those last two drives consistently moving forward? That's my concern. Now, I, I mean, as much as I, I am pumping up Johnson, I mean, I think that's a valid point, Scott, because really... We haven't seen much, um, and what you're saying, Ryan, they haven't really asked him to do much. 
He made spectacular plays uh, with his arm in that final drive, but a lot of it was his, his feet. And you know teams are going to see that and adjust. And so once they start taking stuff away from him, it's what can he do to counter that? And that's, for me, kind of the nervousness of can this team really go forward without Cam Rising? And I don't think he can. I mean, he can have all the talent in the world, but he's still a freshman. You, you, you learn from experience, and he doesn't have that experience. Um, he could be there one day. He could be the guy two or three years down the road from now. But when you're trying to repeat and possibly go to the playoffs, that's it, not a winning combination. Well, so so Kyle Winningham today talked about how incredible of just the amount of progress that Nate Johnson's made since last year throwing the ball, um, which is which is good to hear. I mean, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear these guys are progressing, right? I mean, that's kind of been one of the biggest frustrations over the years for Utah quarterbacks is they get in there and you just don't see a lot of progression from year to year. You know, I mean, that was a gripe with uh, with uh, with Travis Wilson, maybe even so early on with Tyler Huntley. Now that that proved uh, not to be accurate as, uh, you know, ultimately what he turned into. But to see Nate Johnson and hear that he's making big strides, that's huge. But are those strides big enough to be impactful against Pac-12, the Pac-12 gauntlet that is coming down the road here? Because to to your point, Cam, we're not taking shots. So pretty soon everybody's going to know, okay, Utah's just going to run the ball, and in the passing game they're going to dink and dunk it. And that's going to make it very hard when defenses start scheming for that to be successful. They've got to they've got to utilize the whole field. They've got to throw the ball down the field, and they need to be successful doing it to lighten up these defenses a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I'm really excited to see what Nate can do. I mean, those last two drives was just a breath of fresh air. Holy cow, he's hitting guys in the numbers. You know, he's making the correct read. And most importantly, he was getting the ball out quick. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. what was driving me crazy watching Barnes is he, he almost did not want to throw the ball. And, and, and looking, when he and did, looking he to run late. too quickly. Yeah. I, part of me wondered, though, if if some of that success came from the fact that we saw on TV that Witt wasn't happy with Barnes and he didn't see the field again. So maybe John Johnson knew, you know, he was going in and he was not the coming back out. So maybe that was he, he, part he, of part of why he was much. successful. Yeah. He said in the He's, post game that they, before he went out there, they told him that he had the rest of the game. And, and he and mentioned that's, a, that's confidence. I mean, that's a confidence builder right there. I mean, you're not worried about making a mistake and being yeah. pulled out. You're just going to go out and play. Well, I think the biggest thing is he, in that start of that drive to to tie the game, right, that eight-minute drive, on second down, he took that sack, uh, bounced right back up on the next play, I think is when he hit uh, Money Parks for a first down. A couple plays later, there was a holding on the offensive line. And so, like, a lot of things weren't going absolutely perfect for Utah on that drive. And I think that's the one thing that I'm coming away with pretty excited with Johnson is it wasn't perfect by the team, 
but he was still executing and moving that ball down. And and a lot of times, if you get behind the chains with a young quarterback, it's hard to pick up those first downs. When it's third and late in the game and you got to keep that drive going, that's not easy to do. And whether it was throwing or running, he was just stepping up and making those big plays. He absolutely looked apart, especially in a game where all of a sudden he finally is given the reins late in the game with all the pressure on his shoulders to go out and put a drive together to, you know, try and tie this thing up. And ultimately, I mean, I believe, was that not an 80 plus yard drive? Yeah. I believe it was like 15 plays, 88, yeah. 88 yards for eight minutes. I mean, that's, that's impressive. I'll tell you what, if, if Cam rising does that, that's impressive, right? I mean, so kudos to Nate and, and I just hope that he can kind of use this and as a as a jumping off, give that give him some more confidence. Obviously, next week against Weber State, lesser opponent, where you're gonna he needs to continue to have success because even if Rising comes back, you're gonna continue to see Nate, and uh, we may need him later on. So this is pivotal to get him as much experience as he can and get him as much confidence as he can. And, uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, I, I was really impressed. I just, I'm, I'm just a little skeptical. Can he continue to duplicate it? No. So another, another player that I thought came away from this game, very impressed with, especially in that last drive, Jalen Glover. Didn't get a ton yes. of carries, only had seven. I know Whittingham said on his Monday presser that they need to get him uh, more involved in the offense. Um, but for a, a young guy like Johnson Glover, who hasn't had a ton of reps and ton of time, it was it was great to kind of see these young guys kind of grow in that last drive. Well, huge, especially with the news that Bernard's out for the year. Um, I mean, Glover he's he's number two now, and he's going to get a lot of carries. I mean, we we've seen it. They they spread the ball around. Yes, Jaquidden finally got a majority of the carries, but number the number two backs still going to get plenty of opportunities. So it was huge to finally kind of see Jalen break out. I mean, he's kind of been two yards in a cloud of dust since he got here and finally was able to break some. And that that touchdown, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but it, when it happened live, I was like, yes, yes. Don't go in. Don't go in. Now, granted, don't fumble either. But, I mean, that was pivotal, especially how that game ended. Wasting every precious second possible on that uh, before going into the end zone was absolutely huge. Uh, and that was a smart play. And I don't know if you heard, but they were talking, I think it was Nate Johnson, about that play. And he said everyone on the field thought they heard a whistle. And that's why kind of everyone kind of like let up a little bit. But Jalen kept going. And for a young player to keep playing through and to your what you're saying, Scott, kind of you know, start running towards the sideline to waste more time and wait to get pushed in. It's a gutsy call. That's interesting. I hadn't heard them talk about that. They thought they heard a a whistle. I kind of uh, it looked it appeared that Baylor was gonna let them score so they could get the ball back. Well, Baylor said as much that they were, I mean, that's ultimately why they kind of wrapped him up initially and then threw him kind of towards the end zone. And then, 
The other guy ends up ultimately pushing him into the end zone, um, you know, because they they needed the ball back. That was really the only shot they had was was to get the ball back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just just a gutsy performance, and you know, it really just comes down to the culture that you that is Utah football, right? It's Nothing seems to be going your way. You're playing with a bunch of backups and you find a way in just when that you have no momentum and all of a sudden you just kind of burst on, put it in, put it in drive and go down and score twice in the last several minutes. Huge. And obviously that last, uh, that last uh, touchdown is, is due to the defense and to, to Bishop intercepting it. Great field position, go in, take the lead. I mean, absolutely huge. But, man, it's just uh, they got to duplicate what happened in those final minutes, and we got to see some better performances here coming up. So, Scott, you brought up the fact that that Bernard is out for the rest of the year. Uh, You know, it was kind of breaking online, what, Wednesday, Thursday um, of the accident. Um, where he's now done for the rest of the year. I think it showed in this game, especially in pass protection. Uh, he's by far the best blocker out of the running back groups. But where do you guys feel with this running back group now? You know, Jaquinnon, as you, we mentioned, had a great game, still kind of banged up a little bit. Uh, we haven't really seen Chris Curry coming back off of his injury. But where do you guys think moving forward with Bernard out, how do you think that impacts this room? I think it does impact it because, as you alluded to, he he's been huge over the last couple of years in in pass protection, um, being that extra guy back there to give the quarterback some extra time. Um, and he's obviously great at catching the ball out of the backfield, and has a ton of speed and great hands. So that that part of it's going to be missed. It's going to be interesting to see if they utilize Jackson and Glover in that same way with swing passes or if they bring in, you know, somebody like Pittman or Mikey Matthews into the backfield for those types of scenarios. I'm all for utilizing Mikey Matthews in any way possible for the second straight game. He's the leading um, receiver uh, just makes plays whenever the ball goes to him, he catches it and, and he's, he, he creates separation, right? He doesn't have guys draped on him all over him so he finds ways to get uh, yards after the catch too it's not just a catch and drop it's right i mean you you look at his production and and he's he's out producing money parks devon vele you know micah Pittman. man Pittman's been a a bit of a disappointment with all the hype that surrounded him offseason and him transferring in i really thought he was just going to steamroll and be an absolute force. And I mean, I get why he's frustrated, right? He 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 probably wants eight plus targets a game, and he's not getting it. But need to get him going. But you know what? I'm we got to get our tight ends going. Thomas Yasmin is a complete no show so far. He's not even getting targeted. No, and and he was not great blocking on Saturday. He no, had, he, wasn't. he had a lot of whiffs. So, I mean, Stuga Turaga has more, has more catches than he does. 
Well, and he's but he's got he's got he's doubled he's doubled him up in yardage. Mika Sergatoraga, who was a defensive end, is leading the way in tight ends right now. It's just that that really surprised me. I thought I thought Yasmin would have a huge year. Um, I thought we'd see Bentley. I thought we'd see more of uh, King. King. King, yeah, King really? saw the field. They just didn't throw to yeah, him. Yeah, King got right. King got some action, just no targets. Yeah, he, he was in. Just just nothing's going to him as of yeah. But I mean, some of this could be just a product of who's been playing quarterback. I mean, oh, there's no oh, doubt. I I mean, if you look at this game, there was twelve completions. Yeah. I, so you're averaging three catches a quarter. That's hard to get everyone involved. <laughs> And and to your point, Scott, I mean, maybe that's why Pittman is frustrated. But when you, I think you got to take a step back and to what you said, Ryan's like, who's in that quarterback? Utah's not going to be slinging the ball around, whether it's Johnson or Barnes. Well, I mean, Barnes, six of 19, a QBR of under nine. And an awful interception. For (laughs) 71. So he had 71 yards in that game. The first play against Florida, he had he had that. I mean, he really ever since that first play against Florida, he's done not Nothing. much. And yeah. I mean, that that some of those well, I should say a good chunk of those throws were not even close. No, especially I mean, they, the, they, were, they were that one on fourth down, his last throw where he got chewed out by oh. Winningham coming off. I mean, I. I feel for the kid. I'm trying to pile on him and what we've talked about. He he's a walk on. Right. And and again, like he is a better quarterback than I'll ever be in a million years. So I'm not trying to hate on him, but we're just trying to, you know, call a spade a spade. No, and and to 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 our earlier point, the kid's giving it everything he's got. 100%. We we know that. You know, and but the, but but at the end of the day, it's still you got to produce. So if you're given the opportunity, you're not and you're not producing, then you have no choice but to go with Nate Johnson. Now, after the game, Kyle would not commit to Nate Johnson being, uh, you know, potentially the starter next week. But today in his press conference uh, did did allude that Johnson is now the number two and will start if Rising is not able to. So, um. Yeah, probably we're probably done seeing Barnes um, play any significant reps, at least uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Well, this week this week's a great opportunity to get his confidence up even more in the passing game. You're playing a a lesser FCS opponent. Let let him rip it. Let him let him spread that ball around and get some confidence. Yep, and well, and and it'll be interesting to see. I just hope that Ludwig is done with the two quarterback rotation because yeah. I get what they I get what they were doing with Florida. He wanted to see what those guys had, right? And neither one of them really in that Florida game stood up and said, "I'm the guy." They they both were were okay in moments. They both were shaky in moments. So I get why going into game two you're doing that, but but I almost think. It seemed pretty clear, especially with how Nate Johnson finished that game. As soon as he knew it was his to finish, he he played at a completely different level. And I think it was a disservice to both of those guys 
in and out, in and out, in and out consistently. So hopefully Ludwig's going to go, all right, Nate, you're our guy and you're, you're in, you're in, can, you're in for the entirety of the game and, and not going back and forth because it's just. Well, it doesn't really work. work. It, it's one thing. It, it really never works. Even if you're going, if you're rotating series, but if you're swapping quarterbacks in the middle of, of series, like, guy takes two snaps and then the other guy comes in and then you're punting it that's benefiting nobody oh especially well, the team and the offense yeah well and especially when you're taking barnes out and bringing johnson in mid-series everybody everybody knows what's going to happen it's oh, a sure. yeah right early and in the so game you're, you're not you're not keeping that defense guessing or even off balance to any extent no early in the game Though every time he came in, it was a run that was unsuccessful. Well, and and they were runs up the middle. I'm thinking, get get him to the edge. That's where yeah. he can utilize his speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was just a lot of things in that game plan that, and obviously Ledwick's good at what he does. He's an, he's extremely good. We've seen that, but I was a little puzzled by the game plan and kind of what we were doing. So I'm really interested to see what Ludwig does. Um, you, you're going to give Nate a full week. He's getting all the number one reps. Um, well, I guess probably sharing some of those with rising, but um, ultimately the game plan is going to be designed around him and his abilities. So I think, I think it'll be good. Let's get some, let's get some stuff on tape. Let's stop with, the, oh, we don't want to show UCLA anything. No, let's get some stuff on tape. Let's let Nate do some things. And so they have to prepare for stuff. They have to prepare for him. And guess what? It's going to give Nate confidence to know, hey, I can go do this, right? Um, so I really hope we just don't have a vanilla game plan. Let's, let's, let, let's get a little aggressive here and, uh, and let Nate go. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, let's talk about my boy, Bishop. Oh, your boy. All right, coming off a very impressive game. It's always impressive for him. But Cole Bishop gets the game-winning, I guess the game-winning score interception. But the dude was just lights out as always. Such a talented kid. But... This defense, honestly, they played extremely well. Really, maybe two, three possessions that they didn't play their best. Outside of that, really limited Baylor. Held uh, Robertson, I think, to two completions in the whole second half. And one of them was that long bomb right at the end of the game where it just barely went over Battle's hand. Um, So really, this defense... Yo, Battle, what are you doing? Hey, he came back and and, and knocked that in the end zone, which was not (laughs) a P.I. But as much praise as, you know, we're giving Johnson and the offense for for really that eight-minute drive and the winning touchdown, this game was really won by the defense. Oh, this defense is good. Yes, to your point, Cam, they, they got a little soft there, and especially in that second quarter. Gave up some some decent runs, um, allowed Baylor to stay on the field. But outside of that, 
You know, that second half, obviously, I think Witt and Scally lit a fire under those guys and, and challenged them because you, they just they played with so much more urgency in that second half, completely shut down the run, kept Sawyer off balance. Um, I mean, and, and, and Sawyer, there was times he looked pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. And there's other times he looked like a backup quarterback. Um, but in that second half, just completely shut down um, what they what they wanted to do, and ultimately gave you gave the offense opportunity and opportunity to stay in that game. Because, I mean, even I mean, you're on social media, you're on Twitter during that game, and our fan base is losing their minds about the defense. And I'm and at the end of the day, I'm like, guys, we still we still have only given up 13 points here. You know, the defense kept us in that game. It did. And when you really think about it, you're still missing Kareni Reed. You're still missing Peppa, I believe. I don't think he played, right? No. Tafuna is, he came back, but a little, probably a little limited. Didn't see a ton of action. You're missing you still O'Toole. O'Toole. You still haven't seen O'Toole. There's some studs on this defense that haven't even played that much yet. And you're right. The the guys that are filling in are doing a heck of a job. I think the, the if if you want to get nitpicky, there's a, probably a little bit of concern on deep coverage. I think there were a couple of plays where had, had Robert had their quarterback been accurate their receivers got behind our DBs a couple of times, not not including that that second to last play of the game, but early in the game he threw threw some bombs and they were three, four, five yards behind beyond our DBs. Just a bad throw wasn't completed. Well, and and, and a few of those are are, are Vaughn, right? Now Vaughn yeah. bounced back. He did get a pick. Teo Johnson was this close to, to having a pick kind of just um, out of his hands, but a great drive on the ball. Um, and then obviously Cole Bishop. So two, two interceptions really probably should have been three. Um, but your, to your point, Vaughn especially is letting guys get past him and it's kind of hard on TV. Are they double moves? Is he biting on something? But, um, but you get against, you go against, Caleb Williams, that's a that's a completion for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, C- Caleb doesn't miss. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're seeing that. We saw it last year. You're seeing it this year. And I mean, you know, Washington Penix isn't going to miss. Bo Nix is probably not going to miss. Um, UCLA, you know, Dante Moore, true freshman. You know, he he may miss some of those, but um, but again, those are things that obviously you kind of want to have happen early in the season against, against some of those opponents. If it, especially if it doesn't end up hurting you, these guys can learn from it. Miles battle. I do not know. I mean, the number one rule in a situation like that is nobody gets behind you. So I don't know how you allow someone to run past you, but I mean, that was shades of BYU and Austin Cauley. I know. <laughs> But overall, I mean, it's really hard to be too critical of this defense. Oh, for sure. No, no, no defense is perfect. And again, they've given up, uh, what, 11 points against Florida, 13 against Baylor. 
Utah and Colorado, the only two teams in uh, in in college football that are have two wins against Power Five teams. So as decimated as we are as in injuries, being two and zero at this point is is borderline pretty incredible. Oh, it, well, it's humongous. It is, and and when Florida um turns around, I mean, I know they weren't playing anybody this past weekend, but they still dropped 49 on their opponents. So that they've got some weapons offensively and to hold them M- to McNeese, 11 points. Are you call, are you saying McNeese state <laughs> is a nobody? I guarantee you McNeese state could probably beat BYU. <laughs> Scott, does it kind of piggyback off what you were saying that, you know, they gave up 13 points, but three of that came from bad field position by the offense. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yes, well, that, 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 yeah, that pick by, uh, uh by Barnes by early Barnes, in the yeah. game. Just... Uh, yeah. I mean, they're still limiting points. Uh, one stat I love after this game, they held Baylor three of 11 on third downs. And as much as, as Utah's offense was struggling and they were putting the defense out on the field quite a lot, to hold a to hold any team, especially a P five team, three of eleven, like, is really going to increase your chances of winning. You know, you know, it was a little disappointing from our D line. No sacks. I, I'm not that concerned or disappointed about that. And in, in reality, because I mean, a Robertson was getting the ball out quick, and a couple. I he had those two picks. I think both picks came because of pressure, especially that last one with Cole. Uh, Cole Bishop's interception. Lander Barton came in on the blitz and, and hit him right as he as he threw it. So they they were still getting pressure on him, still making him uncomfortable. But I I think kind of the offense Baylor was running, they were getting that ball out quick. So there wasn't really they didn't have a ton of time to to hit him. But I mean I do see what you're saying, Scott. There was there wasn't that dominating performance by the D line that that we're used to um, from this Utah um, defense, and that's definitely something. That you know against Weber, not that concerned, but UCLA definitely have to turn that up. Um, again, it, a lot of that probably had to do with injuries. Um, as and Scott or as Ryan, as you kind of went through all the key players, the key guys, they still haven't had this season. That's got to be a, a huge factor, and uh, and maybe that that lack of production when it comes to sacks. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think those things are going to come right, but. Uh... If if you do have corners that are struggling, then you need a pass rush that can get to the quarterback, right? That's gonna that's how you're gonna help these guys immensely. So, um, but obviously, getting Connor O'Toole back, the more experience that uh, that Logan Fano gets, you know, he's only gonna continue to get better and better. Uh, Ellis is 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 good. I don't know about Van. I don't know what to think about Van. He's he's out there. He doesn't seem to be doing much you know he's not making a lot of plays and and i i get he's come he's you know i think he's just he's coming right off of that that injury still and and probably he's not a full uh full strength yet but man we really need to get him going i mean ellis is doing well um you know logan fano he's going to continue just to get better and better the more reps he gets but uh you know, would really love, man, if we can get Connor O'Toole back on one side, Ellis on the other, and really let those DNs go. Um, but 
you're going to have games like that, right? Where they're, they're not, um, Sack Lake city essentially is not in full force, but that's how you're going to help this young secondary is getting consistent pressure on the quarterback. So they don't have as much time and, and they're just not comfortable back there. We saw that against Florida, right? It's when we consistently put pressure on him, he became pretty jittery back there. And uh, so, so hopefully the, the D line can continue to kind of evolve and, and, and get a little bit more pressure. All right. So I think it's, you know, our, our thoughts of this game um, again, you know, just a, a gutsy performance by Utah could have been very easily or it could have been very easy for this team to kind of pack it in. Right. And playing in that weather, freaking hot, things just aren't going well. Uh, but the way to, to kind of battle back in that fourth quarter says a lot about this team and and really was great to see these young guys, the guys that haven't gotten a lot of time, kind of see them step up. Uh, so this week, Utah is at home against Weber State, uh, taking on the Wildcats. You know, guys, I'm not a big fan of playing these FC, FCS schools. I, I get it to a point, but is there anything that Utah do you think can get out of playing a team like Weber State? Yeah, it's an easy W. <laughs> other, oh, for sure. I mean, other than a, a guaranteed W, kind of like what BYU's been doing every November in Independence with their scheduling. Other than an easy W, what can Utah get out of this? I mean, yeah, I think you're going to get Nate Johnson to go out and, and just get more reps and get some experience and have some success. You're going to let some of these other guys... And, the, and I think the biggest thing with where, where this team is at currently, it gives another week or two um, for guys that are healing up to be ready for UCLA. And where you're not necessarily going to need those guys this week, so it just allows guys to get healthy, get ready to go. So when Pac-12 play starts, hopefully we're, we're closer to full strength, uh, really across the board. Um yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not the most exciting games, but it's another day game. It's probably going to be hot. Um, I'm going to be in Lake Powell, so you guys are going to have to hold the fort down. But uh, I will be, I'll be watching from afar. Yeah, I mean, the goal is to come away with a W and come away healthy as you enter conference play. I mean, from a fan's perspective, especially after coming coming out of two non-conference p5 games and then to finish up non-conference play with a snoozer is 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 too bad from a fan's person i mean i'll be there it's gonna be utah football but it's just not it won't be the same but but you know what's kind of nice is it's gonna be a game that is no stress right second half should be just a sleepwalk and you don't have to worry about the outcome and Get ready, get ready for UCLA the next week, baby. I mean, I probably shouldn't get too ahead of myself because I mean they have to play the game. But how how great is it with all these injuries that we've talked about, especially not having Cam Rising, and Utah's going to go three and zero to start the season. You honestly can't do any better. No, I mean get. I mean, have you told us that we'd be three and zero without Keithy rising and some other studs on who are sideline? You take that any day of the week. So, well, 
I mean, it's it's really what Utah football does since since joining the Pac-12. Uh, I think I believe the number is like 34 and two non-conference games, which is dominant. Now, granted, I know there's a lot of cupcakes in there, right? But uh, um, but three and three and zero oh this off season with, with what we've been up against. Heck, that's a huge success. So um I'll, I'll i'll take it i'll take it every day of the week but uh yeah i, I i'm i'm already looking forward to that ucla game you know because this is an fcs opponent there's no line for it but we're still gonna give kind of a prediction maybe a score scott we'll kick it over to you first how do you think this game will go and do you got a score well, I think we're going to increase our average from 22 points per game um, drastically this this week. I think uh, I think the offense just obviously due to competition, you're going to see you're going to see just a lot more points on the board. I, I think we're going to finally get to that 40 spot. I'm going to go Utes uh, Utes 40, Weber State 10. Ryan, what do you got? Breakout game. Nate Johnson, we're going to see what he can do. It's obviously a lesser opponent, but uh, I, I see it even a little bit bigger. I'm going to say Utah 55, Weber 3. You know, I think this is going to be the start of Nate Johnson's Heisman campaign. <laughs> wow. And after this game, there will be a, a quarterback controversy at Utah. Oh I'm, my just, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Don't tweet at me it's a joke um but yeah i i I fully expect that lugwood's going to turn kind of that page in the playbook with johnson let him throw a little bit more downfield kind of see what he's got um as far as accuracy you know 12 12 plus yards i do think though that utah will jump out to a lead and they'll kind of do winningham fashion and pull it back get in a lot of guys that necessarily don't play a lot so I think Utah wins 35 to 10. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. Scott, where can people get you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. I will not be here next week. So to all the listeners, sorry, you got to listen to just Cam and Ryan. But I wish you all the best. <laughs> I guarantee you they'd rather listen to us than listening to your mother-in-law on the houseboat. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Every year you just got to throw that in there, don't you? Every year. At Utah Man Podcast. At our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And anywhere listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets a big win over Weber State. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die, Kai Yai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.